please bow your heads as we pray. Eternal God, we thank you for a time like this in the history of the church. A time that we commemorate the suffering, death, and restoration of our Lord Jesus Christ. Particularly in a night like this, that all his disciples, his mother, and all his friends, were still in great shock, and they were in great silence. Lord, we thank you for the joy of res resurrection that came early in the morning on Sunday. Lord, we pray that as we remember this season, may the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ never be in vain in our lives. Give us grace to love him, serve him, and to journey with him to the end of our lives. These are many other things we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Let me welcome you and thank you very sincerely for being part of this service. It's been a very long service. I want to commend your patience. And of course, I know that God is here with us and his blessings is resting upon us. Today, in the history of the church, is called Holy Saturday, or you may call it Low Saturday. If you decide to say it's a Low Saturday, or you want to say it's Holy Saturday, you are correct. Because Jesus Christ had died on the cross, and his body was requested to be buried, and he was buried. And now all those who followed him, particularly his disciples, his mother, and all his friends, they were still in shock. They were waiting, they were confused, they didn't know what would happen. Until early in the morning, when the news of his resurrection came. And that is why we regard today as Holy Saturday and a very low Saturday. I'm talking to you very briefly this evening because our time is first spent on the theme, Christ freeing the dead. In another word, Christ releasing the dead. When you look at the assignment of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's very clear. Right from Genesis to Revelation, the assignment of Jesus on earth is very clear. And I, can, I, will, I will summarize in this way. The part of the assignment that Christ came to do, number one, has been to atone for our sins with his own blood. With his own blood. And that you see in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22. Without shedding of blood, there will be no remission of sins. So he atoned for our sins. By shedding his blood on the cross of Calvary. He also came to reconcile us back to God. You know that man had been in close contact with God right from creation. But when Satan came and deceived man, man began to run away from God. And right in Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15, God made a provision talking about the Savior, which eventually happened 
in a season like this that we are remembering today. So number two thing that he came to do was to reconcile us back to God, to have fellowship with him. And that's why we have in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 18, say, thanks be to God, who has reconciled us to God and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Christ also came to crush the power of death, sorry, to crush the power of the devil and his cause. In, 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 sorry, in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15, he says, having spoiled principalities and power, he made a public show of them. He disgraced the power of darkness, part of what he came to do. And also to destroy the power of death and hell. And finally, to give us eternal life, as it is revealed in John chapter 3 and verse 16, that for God so loved the world and gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. In a season like this, 2,000 years plus ago, he accomplished this task for us. And on the cross, he made seven statements. Beginning from Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. But I want to draw your attention very closely to the sixth statement Jesus Christ made on the cross, which can be found in John chapter 19 and verse 30. When he had therefore received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. In a Greek word, it is finished is teteleta, which simply means it is completed, fully paid, no more sacrifice. I've finished the assignment. You are already free. And no wonder the next statement he made thereafter was father unto you I submit my spirit and then he died and he was buried when he gave up the ghost he was buried and he performed his final assignment there he defeated the power of death and hell and that is why whosoever dies in Christ is only sleeping because second death, we never have power over children of God anymore. So that is why you see Brother Paul in First Thessalonians chapter 4. Look at what he says. He says, brothers, from verse 13. Brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death. So that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who are falling asleep in him. So whosoever dies in Christ is sleeping. And the appointed time is going to rise again. Why? Because Christ defeated the power of death and hell. Christ's death opened the grave. His death destroy the power of death. This was the symbolic purpose behind the opening of the grave at the instant of his death. If you look at Matthew chapter 27 and verse 15, we were told that when Jesus gave up the ghost, the grave opened and of course some dead, they came alive. 
when, if you pay attention very closely to the Apostle Creed, you can find that in, on page 75 of the Book of Common Prayer, particularly line 8 there. The line 8 there says, okay, let me read from the beginning. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. In the 1662 and 1928 of the Book of Common Prayer says, He descended to hell. He, you know, this version says, He descended to the dead. What did He go there to do? Like I said, He actually went there to defeat the power of death and hell. And if you look through your Bible, there are some Bible verses that actually establish this for us. If you go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 9, St. Paul teaches us in that passage that Christ our Lord descended to hell and he offered his life or after he offered his life on the cross. Now he ascended. What is it? Because he also descended first into the lower part of the heart. He conquered death there. And after all, he ascended again. St. Peter said in Acts of the Apostles chapter 2 and verse 24, that God has raised up Christ, having loosed the sorrow of hell, as it was impossible that he should be holy by it. Christ loosed the Old Testament saints from hell. Still St. Paul, in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 19, that Christ coming in spirit, preached to those spirits that were in prison, which as at some time be incredulous. On this verse, St. Athanasius says, that Christ's body was laid in the sepulcher when he went to preach to those spirits who were in bondage, as Peter said. Also, the prophet Hosea foretold the descent of Christ into hell in Hosea chapter 13 and verse 14 by placing these words into the mouth of Messiah. O death, I will be that death. O hell, I will be that bite. Zechariah foretells the redemption of those in limbo of the fathers in Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 11. Thou also, by the blood of that testament, hast sent forth the prisoner out of the pit. What would this mean? Except the Messiah will free people from underworld. In Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15, depoiling the principalities and power, he has exposed them confidently. This refers to Christ's victory over the condemned angel who are the demons of hell. In Psalm 23 and verse 7, it is written, Lift up your head, lift up your gates, O ye princes, which the medieval gross interprets, that is, ye princes of hell, take away your power, whereby eateto, you head men fast in hell. In Ecclesiastes 
in Ecclesiasticus, rather, that is part of the Apocrypha, chapter 24 and verse 45, the author of Syria prophesies, I will penetrate to all the lower parts of the heart. And so we can see very clearly that Christ went down to hell, to the dead, to proclaim victory over the powers of death and hell. And so today, as many of us who submit and surrender our lives to him, when we give up the ghost here, we fall asleep, and at the appointed time, Christ will raise us up again, and we reign there and rule with him in eternity. I want to challenge you tonight. As we celebrate this very important season in the history of the church, have you truly met Christ? Have you truly identified with him? Have you been in contact with him? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? That is the only thing that can enable you to escape the second death that will surely come. And that is eternal death. And that death is perpetual. Where people who are sinners will continue to groan. Where they continue to be in pain throughout eternity. But we have privilege. We have opportunity because we are still alive to come to him. Don't let us be like the rich man who wanted to do the work of eternity in eternity when he was on hard. He didn't do what he should do. And by the time he died, Lazarus died and the rich man also died. And the Bible says that the rich man died, he went to hell. And when Lazarus died, he went to the bosom of Abraham. And there the rich man saw Lazarus. Number one thing that was established in the mind and in the heart of the rich man was that heaven is real and hell is real. And he said, Father Abraham, can we talk about it now? This reality, I never believed it when I was on heart. But now I have seen that it is true. Can you allow this man to cross over? Just dip his finger into water and cool my taste. And Father Abraham said, no way. There is a dodger in between you. He cannot cross over. And he said, well, that's fine. But then I need to send this same message to my brothers who are still on heart. That heaven is real and hell is real. And Abraham said, don't worry, don't worry, don't bother yourself. We have pastors there, we have preachers there, we are preaching. If they preach to them and they fail to obey, they join you also in hell. May we never end our journey in hell. After all this that we have done in church, after all this that we have done in the name of the Lord, after all this that we have done to show our love and commitment to the Lord, may we embrace the salvation that Christ has made available to the entire world. And he said, this grace has appeared to all men. We say no to unrighteousness. Shall we bow our heads? I want to give you just a minute to speak to God where you are today. As you say thank you to Jesus who died for us. I'd like you to have a dialogue with him. Have you truly accepted him? Have you truly met him? in salvation. Tomorrow may be too late. You can make your decision today. Just as I am without one plea, under the blood was shed for me, I 
and thou has bid me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.